No, see, but like, that's the whole, that's my whole problem with it is it takes an hour and three minutes into the film for him actually to be in New York. It's just, honestly, it's irresponsible. Anyways, uh, hey everyone, welcome to Obscure Chatter. I am your host with not necessarily the most, but I make a valiant effort. Uh, I'm Terry Doty. Welcome. If you're new here, hi. If you're old here, hey. I don't do that. Actually, I can't confirm or deny that I am a hey girl. I'm occasionally a woo girl, but um, I've cut down on drinking, so that's a bit minimized now. Ah, wow. It has been a minute, hasn't it? Uh, It's been since December since y'all have heard from me, and literally nothing has happened since then, I'm sure. Not to me, not to you, nothing. Time stood still. Holidays didn't happen. No one rang in the New Year, scaring the shit out of their uh, their neighbors' dogs by not adhering to city ordinances and lighting fireworks anyway. Because fuck pets, right? No, <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. No, no, no. But so happy to be back. Uh, thank you so much for those of you who have listened before. Thank you so much for being so understanding about us canceling kind of at the last minute with January. Um, not sure if y'all remember, but um, a couple years back, we had this giant ice storm here in Texas, and and it kind of fucked up a lot of stuff. So we had a giant ice storm uh, this year as well, and... Uh, I lost about a week's worth of recording and out on a couple of gigs. So by the end of the month, which is typically when we try to record Obscure Chatter, we were still catching up. So there's the pride part of me that's like, no, January, we should go back. And then finally, Stephen and I looking looking at each other and being like, we don't have time. And also, I don't want to do an episode if either of us are really really feeling as though it's rushed because those are just those tend to be the less fun episodes i'll say even when i was doing that anime show with tatum there are some episodes that i will never listen to again because all i hear is a very stressed out terry or a stressed out tatum or a stressed out everybody involved even steven who is possibly not even miked on an episode (laughs) so Thank you for your patience. I hope it was worth it, and I hope your holiday season went well for me. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we did the Thanksgiving thing, which we did an episode since then, so I don't need to go into that. I gotta say, I think I've said it before, but I always assumed as, as an adult that Christmas would still be a big deal. It is if you have kids or, you know, you're still talking to the majority of your family. If you're not, well... It can be quite a tiny little affair. Um, it it's not uh it's not a horrible thing. It's just very very quiet. You know, my nieces and nephews are in West Texas with my brother or my mother, and I'm estranged, so don't really get to see them. And then my other nieces and nephews are uh, niece and nephew are in China. So, um, that left just my father in law. And my father-in-law is so freaking chill. He didn't want to do presents, but uh, Stephen and I got him this really cool little puzzle from a company called Jiggy, who they make some of the cutest little, like, 
artistic little puzzles, and you can frame them pretty easy. Uh, Ed, my father-in-law, has a lot of friends at the Active Living Center, and they really love their puzzles. Like, seriously, there's a whole room that's just for puzzles. They, they call it the game room, but the game room is really the puzzle room. And, like, it's to the point where kind of saw something during Thanksgiving where uh, this older woman came up to Ed and Ed's best friend, Cassette, and went, oh, by the way, you guys did a really good job on that horse carriage puzzle. And they went, yeah. And they're like, we already moved it. And you saw Ed and Cassette kind of look at each other and go, you you moved it? I'm like, well, you know, it was just taking up so much space. So we figured since you guys probably took a photo of it and were able to gloat about it, that we went ahead and put the puzzle back. And now we're starting on a new puzzle. And they're like, we we hadn't uh, taken photos yet. And we were going to show Terry and Steven the puzzle. I'm like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I had no idea. There was all this, like, <laughs> I don't know, it was weird. Uh, this puzzle drama, <laughs> which, like, wow, I, I don't even know what to do with that. So we, uh, Steven and I, got Ed, and I guess to a lesser extent, Cassette, uh, a new puzzle. And you could tell they probably finished it within a couple of seconds of sending us this photo, because it's all this proof that the puzzle was completed. And then um, Ed quickly got a frame for it, and so it's just hanging out in his house. Again, Jiggy. Check out Jiggy. I don't think it, I think it is Jiggy, not Jiggly. J-I-G-G-Y puzzles. Really cool puzzles. They're a little expensive, but if you have someone that is apparently ride or die for puzzles, invest in a decent puzzle. I, I'm telling you, looking, I keep saying puzzle, maybe too much, um, <laughs> but I gotta say, uh, looking, I was just going to go to a place and get puzzles, which anytime I can, I physically want to buy something for someone rather than kind of take a gamble on just ordering it online. But um, it's the exact opposite when it's me, unless it's clothes. I am a thick, thickums madam. I do not shop online unless it is a style and a pant from a place that I have shopped for many a time, which is never because the sizes on uh, constantly change. But uh, we can get into that never. But there is apparently like this whole culture about like, a, oh no, this puzzle company, their quality went down around this time and blah, da, 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 da. I don't, I don't know. It's bananas. But I was so terrified about getting the wrong puzzle that I, I think I paid a little bit more because I equate paying more with quality. And this is one of the times that luckily I was right because I got a puzzle for myself and Steven uh, when we were in Vegas. And it's just the video, uh, it's the movie poster for my favorite Fulci film, The Beyond. And we have yet to remotely be close to finishing it, to the point where we got frustrated when we were getting ready to have a party a couple weeks ago that we just threw the pieces that we had ready and <laughs> threw them into the box and we'll start again. But they are, they are a little cheaper, you know. It's uh, not going to lie. I'm like, I guess I, I see a difference in the quality. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a little bananas. But Ed liked his puzzle. And aside from that, uh, let's see. Yeah, we had a nice little meal again at the Active Living Center, which is odd because it was it was quieter than it was Thanksgiving. But um, yeah, it's a little cafeteria style. And, uh, I mean, I'm around a bunch of grandmas, so it's a bunch of grandmas uh, seeing my green-blue hair and going, you know what? I had no trouble finding Ed's table today because <laughs> of the hair. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, was that hard to do? There's a weird thing about when you dye your hair what is, quote-unquote, a wild color. I mean, it's 2023. Like, I don't understand why this is a big deal anymore Um, because it's not. It's stupid. It just shows you that I uh, wanted to um, waste some time fucking with my hair. That's it. It's either that, tattoos, or nails. People always assume that I am a tattoo artist if I have uh, tattoos, and they want me to either look at their existing tattoos or recommend, uh, you know, skincare or the best studio. I don't know you, so I'm not likely going to immediately recommend my favorite artist because I I just don't want to. Um, it depends on the style that you want, all this stuff. But the same goes with hair. Like I had a friend in town, uh, or that is still in town from Arizona, and all we did was go to a barbecue place. And I was followed out of a bathroom by a woman that had a lot of questions about dyeing my hair or dyeing her hair what she wanted my opinion on what she thought um or what I thought she should do with her hair because she tried to go platinum blonde and the hairstylist I mean look it's obviously not platinum blonde what do you think I should do next time where do you go I'm like I don't (laughs) explain that to my hairstylist be like hey so you're about to get a crazy phone call from a woman um help her out because she doesn't know what platinum blonde is but, uh, yeah, no, again, it, uh, it was actually pretty chill aside from that. There were a couple of instances where I'm, I'm never really going to get used to people that I know or don't know bugging me about not having kids. Uh, so you guys don't have kids? I'm like, well, obviously, like, it's Christmas Day, and we're seeing Ed. How shit would it be if I didn't bring my kids with me? (laughs) But, uh, of course, you're like, oh, you know, oh, you don't want kids, and it's this, like, you don't know my life, and I know it's Christmas, but I'm about to go off. Brenda, if you don't, kind of just let the kid conversation go and but the like the main thing is like it is just a conversational thing that people do but I do wish people would kind of get it's it's like on a first date how I would never ask a dude what he does for a living if I were dating anybody again um and I say dude because uh as I've stated multiple times I am pansexual if it is literally anyone other than a straight white guy I have never been asked what I do for a living on a date. Uh, at least the first couple of dates. It's when uh, it's about date three when you decide whether or not you're going to uh, make out or more that <laughs> you start being like, oh, so like, who, 
Like, what do you do? <laughs> Are you a murderer? I thought I should know that now. Now that I ooh, hit the pop screen. Um, now that I'm about to spend a little more personal time with you around less people. But yeah, stop asking if I have kids. If my kids are not with me, assume I don't have them or I hate them. <laughs> or don't. I don't know. There is no correct way. Again, usually if it comes from a really good place, I'm pretty chill about it. But it it is interesting. And I thought about sending something to nieces and nephews, but sending stuff to China is hit or miss. Uh, my brother-in-law's kind of hinted. He's like, don't bother. <laughs> you know, um, we can't even send him certain images without them just kind of getting uh, taken out before they actually get to my brother-in-law. But that's a story for another time. Yeah. Uh, and actually, speaking of that, um, I found out after over three years of not seeing my brother, uh, brother-in-law, um, they're going to be coming back into the States. Uh, for those who don't know the story, uh, my brother-in-law, David, and his wife, Karen, and their two kids went to China for a visit in late 2019. Karen's family is from China. And what happened because of the pandemic, you know, that is still very much going on. Uh, but this was at the beginning stages of it. Um, they got kind of stuck over there. Luckily, Karen had connections and David's uh, architecture firm was very, very understanding. <sighs> um, and let him and continues to allow him to work remotely. He... um informed us that uh, they're going to be able to visit, to which we're all like, going to visit? You're not coming back. I don't know. They've been gone three years. I have a four-year-old niece and a six or seven. You think I should know what my niece and nephew's ages are, but I don't. I have other nieces and nephews, and I, I don't know their ages either. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible aunt. Um, I give great presents. But, yeah, I don't remember how old you are, and I'll still correct information even though you're a child. Like asking my my nephew Julian what his favorite, he said he loved whales. And I asked, what's your favorite whale? And he told me it was a killer whale. And uh, I decided to inform him that the killer whale is not a whale. An orca is the largest dolphin. And that went over about as well as you can expect. But, yeah, um, so my niece... And nephew ha uh, in China, Jaden and Jessica, they have been living there and going to school there. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe David is coming to kind of like wrap some stuff up. We'll see. But uh, or if he's really going to look at possibly staying. I can't imagine being in another country when the world went to complete and utter chaos for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, you have a house, uh, and not to get too real, but that's what I do on this show. Again, if you're new, welcome. Uh, but my, my mother-in-law, David's mother, passed away while he was gone. I mean, just a lot of shit happened while he was gone. So it'll be interesting to see him come back for a little bit. He'll be back for about a month, and that'll be interesting. And I also kind of had to be like, oh, man, uh can't wait to see you. 
Um, the first two weeks that you're here, ah. Uh... <laughs> I think we're going to be chill for a while. Uh, you know, just flying, all that stuff, all that. Like, I'm still very iffy on big crowds. Uh, a lot of people don't wear masks anymore, but I do. Uh, we just had a little birthday party for Hoff a couple weeks ago. He turned 45. And looking good, Hoff, who is recording this and doing his homework. Um because my dude is going to school to get his master's. Uh, but uh, we were very, we're like, okay, we're going to have a small get-together, and we're going only going to invite people that we know aren't dicks about masks or vaccinations. So uh, there were less than 10 people there, if that tells you anything. Uh, but yeah, um, so looking forward to seeing David, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting. I also just know, uh, excuse me as I get some water, mid-story. I also know that their vaccinations are different. David has said that, or hinted that their vaccinations aren't as potent as ours. And he's been, like, trying to, like, double-check information that the news there in China is giving him compared to ours, and we, we've we actually gotten into arguments about some stuff. It's interesting and weird at the same time. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, so that was my—those were our holidays. Uh, and for, yeah, that was Christmas. We chilled out. Um, we still do— Fried chicken, love having fried chicken, and uh, I got that tradition from Recovery of an MMO Junkie, uh, and it is a Japanese tradition. Uh, you know, fried chicken is kind of like December turkey. I uh, I don't do ham, but yeah, fried chicken was good. Um, and uh, the only person that really got a gift from us, aside from Ed, was our dog, Willow. She got a stuffed raccoon that she destroyed about five minutes later. Um, I think she liked it. I don't know. Maybe it's time to get her another one. But, yeah. Uh, New Year's, it, it was pretty, pretty chill. I will say, and again, not to get too heavy, but here we are. Um, we did realize... A while back, for those who don't know, um, we do recognize the loss of um, a pregnancy that did not go according to plan. My apologies if that triggers anybody. Uh, a few years ago, uh, and we realized that if things had worked out and everything, that uh, about December 29th or so is when child that we refer to as BB. So that's basically her name. We like to think that it was a girl, you know, uh, talked about it a lot in therapy and it just, that's where we've landed is if things had worked out, we'd probably have a daughter named BB right now. And we decided to actually, rather than kind of focus on when things didn't turn out the way that we thought they would, uh, and thought about when BB would be born. We found out, yeah, December 29th. So we had, we lit a candle 
and kind of just put some really positive energy in, uh, around us and talked about just how different our lives would be and but you know it would have been a good different and it was actually really freeing um i think we're going to keep up that tradition uh it it's not always easy to think about and there's still a lot of unprocessed trauma because the timeline was you know we were trying in 2019 got pregnant in early 2019 and lost, uh, miscarried in 2019. Um, and then a couple months later, uh, was, ex- I was, ex- well, all of us, Stephen and me and our dog Zoe at the time, we got locked up and started doing masks and, you know, a global pandemic. Uh, COVID happening, loved ones dying, uh, and all this stuff where I think we kind of pocketed our trauma for a while. So it's only now as some people continue to think about uh, or continue to ignore the fact that COVID is still very much a thing um, is us trying to go out in safer numbers like it it's important to socialize we are social animals it's very hard though uh actually really talking about it now again very difficult at times but um important uh cuz just stewing on some stuff and not releasing those thoughts feelings emotions those that's that's a recipe for disaster uh, did not do resolutions. I tend not to do those for New Year's. Stephen and I, I think we might have fallen asleep before midnight even happened. But try to watch uh, Night of the Comet, 1984's Night of the Comet, every year. Even though it, it's... I actually don't remember. I think the people outside are just celebrating a comet. I don't think it's New Year's when it's happening. There is a Christmas element to it, but uh, if you've never seen it, it's amazing. Um, There is some relative cheese in there, but I quote it to this day. Um, I just thought the girls in it were cool. It's kind of a different take. It's kind of a horror movie, kind of just a little sci-fi-y. I guess there is a zombie element. Yeah, I mean, I say I guess there is. There are zombies, but they're not. I don't know. But yeah. It is worth watching. Did that. I think just watch that on Pluto, even though we have it on DVD. DVD, Blu-ray, not VHS. I don't know. I'm still watching VHS and collecting them. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty chill. I got to say, we keep saying that we're going to decorate, and I don't really decorate outside. I remember that being a big deal growing up. Especially when we lived in a trailer. Not really when we started living in houses. We didn't really decorate the outside. But uh, I think I put up my wreath. I used to make wreaths for people. And I'm considering doing it again. Um, If someone can help me put together a Keanu wreath, that would be great. Uh, But yeah. Uh, As we started the new year, it's like new year. Not new intentions, but just new motivations to get some shit going. I have been asked about writing my second book for the longest time. 
And before I took this copywriting job last year that took up most of last year, I was pretty close to finishing my second book. But after a year of being away, it's been kind of slowly piecing together where I was. Um, I'd also moved to my office, so all my notes just all over the place. And I unfortunately just couldn't remember uh, certain key points that I was going to change within some drafts. So I've been rereading all of my notes and uh, it's been going really well. Uh, I've been talking to another friend who's also writing a book at uh, this time. And uh, it is really nice to be writing stuff that you are truly excited about. I will say I wrote, I mean, I wrote for a live video commerce show for the last year um, or the last, uh, the first nine months of nine months, 10 months. Yeah, some change. Uh, for an ad agency where I loved my hosts and I loved my crew mostly. Uh, <laughs> I say mostly. I met. Uh, I made a lot of really good friends uh, that I still keep in contact with, even though it's been a few months now that since I quit. But there, there really wasn't a lot of art to it. It felt artless because when you really enjoyed something, it went through about. 20 rounds of revisions um, and kind of killed the joy of writing it. What is a very simple premise, it's, hey, here are products. My uh, my actors are going to tell you about them. They're going to seem super excited because it's live video commerce. And maybe you'll buy it. Hey, great. Um, but uh, that got that got a little complicated toward the end, if you don't recall. I highly recommend you listen to the past couple of episodes to get a little more into on that. Uh, and just, ooh, yeah, with that in mind, um, not even heard through the grapevine, but uh, I think it's been interesting to he- keep hearing about stuff as uh, after I've left from multiple sources. I've been writing endorsements and recommendations for people that I worked with, which I'm glad, I'm happy to do. Uh, You know, there have been a lot of layoffs uh, throughout the world, and the agency that I worked for was no exception. I think if I hadn't quit that I would still be there, but I would be the most fucking stressed I've ever been. Again, uh, you can listen to uh, the... The story with a lot more context, but I was basically crying every day, hated my life, and was deeply, wildly unhappy. So I got out of that. I missed the salary. (laughs) If there was a way to miss the salary and maybe just cry less, not completely cut out crying, I might still be there. But I, I just, I'm not into it. Not into it at all. Uh... But yeah, writing has been the big thing and uh, updated my visual reel, which I've never done before. So I got to use some of my film school uh, video editing tricks and uh, updated my character demo for my agent. And I've just been auditioning up a storm. And what was really cool last year and coming into this year also cool is revisiting characters. Last anime season, uh, fall anime season, yeah. 
Wait, we're in winter, right? Yeah, the fall anime season, I got to return to a character that I started in, I think, October 2020, uh, which is um, Suki Uzaki in Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, or Uzaki, however you say it. I never had to say my own last name, or I don't think I did very often anyway. Uh, If I said it wrong, shut up. Just shut up. I don't care. (laughs) None of y'all say my last name right, so let it go. Okay, many of y'all say my last name right, but please, just focus on the cool parts of dubs, which is that it makes it more accessible to the masses. Stop gatekeeping. And it's a language option. Read it if you like. Read the subtitles and miss some of the action. I don't feel a certain way about that or anything like that. I've only been doing this for about 15 years. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, so returning to play uh, Monica's mom in that has been a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of interesting artwork sent to me. I don't kink shame. I just uh, please don't be surprised if I don't hang up certain things that I get. But I keep it. I keep it all. Even the hate mail, you know, for evidence. Uh, But um, this winter season, I got to return to a character uh, named me, who is the leader of the Flame Emperors in Bofuri. Or Bofuri. I tapped the R. Um, I don't remember the full name, but if I say Bofuri, you know what I mean. Uh, But this was a show that the first season we actually had to stop because that was at the beginning of the pandemic, and Funimation slash Crunchyroll um, wasn't super equipped for full remote recording the way some other studios were. I was remote recording with other people, uh, and I have a double-walled whisper room at home. That's where I am right now. You're in, you're currently in, listening right now, you're in the Dodihoff booth. We used to have a studio name, but we don't use that anymore. Doty Hoff is cute. Stephen Hoff, Terry Doty. Bam. Uh, it, uh, but um, through trial and error and a little bit of time, uh, we got to finish season one, which we did remotely. Um, and I think it's great. So coming back three years later, still in the pandemic, uh, to start season two has been interesting. The character has changed a lot, um, but not really. We just got to see a little, we're getting to see a little bit more of uh, why she is so easily stressed by a lot of the, the burdens that come with being a leader, and I'm enjoying it. Getting to work with Natalie Hoover again, who played Lily in Recovery of an MMO Junkie. Um, who is a friend. We go thrift store shopping a lot. It's been pretty fun. Uh, Excuse me. Oh, oh my God. I don't know what that... Uh, Don't know what I did there. Excuse me. Uh, But another thing that is recently or has recently moved to Crunchyroll. Actually, two things. Wave Listen to Me is now on Crunchyroll, so y'all can stop asking me as if I was just holding... Uh, holding it back from going to Crunchyroll. But uh, the dub and sub, uh, which Riho Sugiyama is amazing in the Japanese. 
You never hurt my feelings when you don't watch the dub. It's when you tell me that the dub is useless that you and I are going to have a problem because it's just intentionally antagonistic. Just humor a bitch if you don't like dubs. Just humor me. It's a language option, for God's sakes, and I get paid whether or not you like it. But yeah, Wave Listen to Me is on Crunchyroll. Also, Volume 9 of the manga just got released. And uh, it's, <laughs> uh, if we do more, I will be shocked for the anime. But um, it's a great series. Watch the manga if you can. And uh, the Laughing Under the Clouds continuation movies, which were actually not done by Funimation or Crunchyroll, Still getting used to saying Crunchyroll. Um, uh, actually, I worked with a different studio on that, but I wrote them, got to direct them, as well as Return as Chutaro. A uh, little backstory. In fall of 2014, Funimation was doing something new called Broadcast Dubs, which are now called Simul Dubs. And Laughing Under the Clouds, it's not like like how Space Dandy was. Those were premiering at the exact same time in America as they were in Japan. Broadcast dubs are a little different. So Funny decided, yeah, once a week there will be a new release. As episodes air in Japan, they are immediately getting translated, adapt, uh, adapted, cast and done so they're only a couple weeks behind the Japanese it was I remember going wow how's that going to work for shows like One Piece or Fairy Tale and um almost 10 years later pardon me it's kind of insane how far we've come um uh I'm just baffled by that but the first one technically some people will argue with me on this is laughing under the clouds Starring Chris Waycamp, Dave Trosco, moi, Joel McDonald, who also directed it, Colleen Clinkenbeard, Eric Vale, Ian Sinclair, Jamie Markey, Morgan Garrett. I uh, like. I know I'm forgetting people, but it's a phenomenal show. And J. Michael Tatum wrote the adaptive scripts for the initial 12-episode series. So, for that, um, to come back, Tatum just couldn't make his schedule work to adapt them, uh, this scripts, and the manga wasn't available in the States yet. It's slowly getting released here now, um, which is fun to read, but I will say I really have a complaint about, like, seeing, like, the Kumo jackets and seeing, like, the words very, like, bold and in English over these really cool symbols that mean kumo in Japanese, just having the giant English translation of it just bolded over that really cool uh, jacket. Um, I wish that there was a way, uh, a different way that they'd done that. But um, anyways, yeah. So, I got to adapt three 50-minute movies that are the continuation of the series. It shows a year after what happened uh, to these characters, as well as giving some more backstory that was heavily hinted at in the show, but they just didn't have time to really explore. And then the second movie is an exploration of the Shirasu character, and the third one is a full continuation after, you know, uh, Chris Waycamp character... 
Chris Wakecamp's character, Tanka, uh, is taking a back seat, letting his brothers flourish while he finally can, you know, not worry about the family every five seconds. Um, monster fighting, badassery, and <laughs> here's a weird thing. Like, with the show, the sessions that I directed, I also engineered, which is terrifying. It's very, very hard to do. So it's directing an actor and recording their lines, matching them to picture. And you're also directing them on something that you wrote. It's very unnerving. (laughs) But uh, Donald Schultz also directed it. Uh, He directed the majority of it. And I also got to direct him, which was fun. Um... But yeah, it those are finally available on Crunchyroll. They I was kind of promoting them while they were on Prime. Most okay, all but one character uh has their English voiceover returned to uh voice that character again with the exception of a great actor named Cole Brown who unfortunately passed away between the series and the movies being uh, adapted. But aside from that, everybody came back. And we, it's, those movies are beautiful. Please give them a shot again in sub or dub. They're on Crunchyroll now. Enjoy them. And if you don't enjoy them, just shut up and not, don't, don't tell me. (laughs) Don't tell me at all. Oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, please check those out and uh, leave positive reviews so people know just how much you appreciate all the work that went into them. Again, sub or dub. Don't care. I can't believe, like, I'm recording this and we're toward the end of February and I'm talking about how Stephen's birthday was a couple of weeks ago. I don't understand how it's almost March. March is kind of banana pants to me. Uh, And before you know it, I will, my birthday is coming up and I will be 39. Woo! Which, it, it's kind of crazy. As I mentioned, I have a friend that's currently in town from Arizona. And uh, she'd been, uh, she actually started planning this trip when I was still at the ad agency job. And I'm like, I, I said it in the abstract, like, yeah, you can stay with me. Not realizing that my guest room wasn't ready or anything. But she got an Airbnb near me. So uh, her first full night here, we uh, we got some barbecue she heavily lamented that uh, Arizona is not known for their barbecue, which kind of shocked me. Maybe she's just not go- she's just not going to the right places. Um, same with Mexican food. Um, like I, I mean, you were spoiled, definitely living in Texas. Phenomenal barbecue, phenomenal Mexican food, and Tex-Mex. They're not the same thing. Uh, if you're curious, they are not the same thing at all. Uh, but yeah, I. I don't know. Um, It's kind of crazy because I have known uh, Autumn. I have known Autumn since I was 14 years old. So, again, I'm about to be 39. Autumn's about to be 40. And (laughs) just kind of being like, oh, my God, bitch. We've known each other for 25 years. And she. this is actually her first time meeting Steven. Um. She almost kidnapped my dog, Willow, because Willow's obsessed with her. Um, But just, like, Stephen's like, oh, my God. (laughs) I get it. I get this friendship. Uh, And Lindsay is one of those, uh, uh, pardon me, Lindsay, 
last year. <laughs> She's like, did you know for 300 bucks you can change your name? She changed it to Autumn Moon. And I'm still playing with that, but uh, I'm trying to do better about that. I even changed it in my phone, but it will take some getting used to because, again, I've known this person for 25 years. So Autumn has been very, very patient, I'm sure. (laughs) I introduced her to uh, Steven. I was like, Steven, Lindsay, Lindsay, Steven. And she's like, actually, I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, you could have told me beforehand. We've been texting for months and you've been Autumn for a year. Come on. but. Autumn. Uh, I've known Autumn for 25 years. And, uh, you know, we're just those kind of friends where we don't, oh, uh, we can go months and sometimes years without talking. Uh, But we caught up on a lot of stuff. And it's just been interesting, I don't know, since, since I saw her thinking about just how different our lives are, like how, you know, her and I are like talking about friends from high school being like, have you heard from them? Or da 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 Or like, oh, I, I'm still hanging out with this person. And, uh, you know, talking about some some major trials in my life and her talking about some major, major trials in her life. Uh, talking, uh, like, you know, just about like, can you believe I was trying to be a cop in high school? And like, can you believe I thought I was going to move to New York to be a Broadway actor? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's time is fun. Time is funny. Um, But also just kind of translating that as I was, Stephen and I had a big conversation about that yesterday where I'm translating that into the new friends that I make now, because over the years I've, uh, I've just kind of gone through a lot of whatever the fuck you call a best friend. I'm using finger quotes, Chris Farley style. Best friend, where at a young age, I was moving around a lot. So my best friend changed because I moved. I would try to stay pen pals with people. And that shit, I don't know. For me, I'm like, man, the movies lied to me. This seemed to be a lot easier than it actually is. And then uh, around junior high, I was doing, like, junior high, early high school, doing AIM and shit. But uh, I'm like, I wish I'd had that with a couple of friends because I just hope they're okay. But didn't have that yet. Sorry. Um, But best friends change. And uh, just friendships. There's the, what, friends for a reason, friends for a season. Uh, sometimes it's actually really hard to kind of admit when you're done being friends with people. Uh, I've never felt that way with Autumn or my friend Emmanuel, who I've known since the seventh grade, and I love him so much, uh, and I would do anything for him at the drop of a hat. (laughs) But, like, I've never, ever been like, oh, I guess we're not friends anymore because we're not hanging out. But, you know, like, personally, for me, uh my my best friend of 15 plus years we just f- kind of f- fell out of phase and uh, that happened during the first year of the pandemic uh and that's been really hard to deal with kind of being like well you know is it more personal than i think it is um it's okay to be hurt uh i honestly just hope that she's okay but I can't just really, you know, keep dwelling on the fact that we're not friends anymore. Even though we were friends for a long time, that shit happens. 
So as I make new friends at almost 40, um, it's been interesting kind of finding myself being nervous about uh, letting new people in. So when I'm connecting with Lindsay, I'm connecting... When I'm connecting with Autumn, um, I'm connecting in a way that is connecting very heavily to the person that I used to be and us totally vibing on who we are now, which is not always the case. You can hang out with people you haven't seen in a while and go for a beer with them and be like, this beer is taking too fucking long to finish. Gotta get out of here. That was not the case. Autumn and I drank... A decent amount, just kept drinking beers, watching the craft, and little, like, 15-minute horror movies. Uh, that Like, on YouTube and shit. Uh, she showed me some, and I showed her a couple of other ones. And then we just watched Kim Peel sketches. Uh, oh, this was all in the middle of her trying to also steal my dog, Willow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, like, I, I've made friends with... Uh, the big friendship that I kind of really cultivated during my time at the ad agency was this person that got hired about a month after me. Uh, Her name is Kristen, and uh, Kristen is just someone that I immediately vibed with. I don't know how that happens sometimes, but you can just, it's like whenever you're meeting somebody and you kind of shake their hand and you're like, I don't fucking like you. It was the exact opposite of that, where I'm like, man, I just want to split a Topo Chico with this bitch, which she's obsessed with Topo Chico just as much as I am. Um, we <laughs> we make some of the dumbest jokes. She convinced me to watch Euphoria, and I'll never forgive her for that. Uh, but I, you know, I've made her watch weird shit, too. So there's that. Actually, I've given her and her husband, Travis, homework. They need to watch my favorite Michael Fassbender movie, which is called Frank. If you haven't watched it, please do. It's wonderfully weird and amazing. Uh, But yeah, like just, it's been kind of cool. I don't know. um, I've, I've been going through not like a change or whatever. It's just obviously... Uh, around this time last year, I thought I'd given up a really big part of what most people listening to this podcast know me from, which was voice acting and full creative writing. Because I'd say as a senior copywriter, I only had one client with this ad agency on one longstanding project, which was a live video commerce show. Uh, I loved my actors, but I did find myself when my actors were talking about other gigs, I'm like, man, I miss that. So it is nice to kind of be re-falling in love with it. Like, I've been recording a lot. So fucking grateful for that. Auditioning up a storm. Again, really cool. My agent is also like, oh, thank God. I don't have to keep telling people these really obscure times to record at night. Woo! Um, But... It's been kind of interesting to be falling, uh, re-falling in love with that and revisiting the books, but also making new friends that get it. You know, like I don't have to keep explaining the weirdness of being a creative in a way that I kind of felt that I did in the corporate world, um, which is so funny because we're all creative, but we're all creative in this like... <sighs> I don't want to say boring, but let's go with boring cookie cutter kind of way where it's 
not it's not concentrated creativity. It's watered the fuck down to the point where everything that you love about what you've done becomes convoluted in the sake of branding. I'm going to let that sit there for anyone who might be low-key listening to this. Because I know you're out there listening away, hate listening, making notes, so you can talk about it over your shitty, shitty Starbucks machine coffee. (laughs) But yeah, so new friendships, uh, old friendships, people that are no longer friends, writing, books. Oh, well, I I will say um, there are a couple of books that I read last. uh, There are two books for December that I read every year. I'm going to try to remind everybody around the Christmas episode next season, but um, two of my December books that I really, really loved uh, are Landline by Rainbow Rowell and The Afterlife of Holly Chase by Cynthia Hand. Please give those a chance. those are some of my favorite, favorite little Christmas books. I tend, I think, obviously, like it's no secret if you are familiar with who I am before this episode of the show. I'm really into horror. I read horror and I love science fiction and fantasy, but I really like slice of life and romance too. So there's a little bit of that uh, with the, the afterlife of Holly Chase. It is a really cool take on the Scrooge story. And Landline, it, it's a magical phone. Time travel through a phone. Check it out. Rainbow Rowell, also, she writes for She-Hulk, um, as well as um, does the Carry On series, which is uh, an offshoot of one of my favorite uh, other books by her called Fangirl, which is uh, being adapted into manga, which is also really, really fun. Please check those out. If you check out anything uh, that I recommend, please let me know because I love geeking out about that stuff. I will say that's one really weird thing about the, I don't know if you would call it a friendship breakup. I'd say like it's a, a phase out of a relationship. I don't fucking know what to call it. Let's call it a friendship breakup. Why not? But um, my bestie and I, she was my she was my bookstore buddy. She was my person to talk about pre-orders, new releases, about like going to convention, like author conventions, um, to to meet people. Like she was my person. Um and Steven Steven goes to that with me too, but um she's just not obsessed with it the way that uh she also was. Like I'm pretty obsessed with reading. I read five to seven. Nope. It's gotten worse because I am a speed reader, uh, about five to nine books a week. Uh, It does help that some of those are contemporary. Whenever I am in the middle of writing, which I am now, I try not to read what I am writing. So for until I'm finished with this draft of my second book, which is book two in the 11th Hour series, Uh, uh, no sci-fi, no fantasy just cuz so i tend to read a lot of um historical fiction and a lot of contemporary romance um 
lots and lots of fun. But I do miss I miss having a a book buddy. I even thought about possibly doing kind of like a a book club type thing, but I just love doing obscure chatter and obscure chatter is uh fun for that. So check me out on Instagram and stuff. I always talk about the books that I love. Like uh, in January, um, there's this obsession that I have with this book. Like you can always tell when I've let a book kind of just take over my life because I will cancel plans with you if it means I can't finish a book sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Like um, so for January, I got to read, uh, let's see, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. That is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I really liked the, oh God, the monster duet that V.E. Schwab did. I don't know if that's the official title. I can't remember the names of those because it's been a minute. But The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue follows a woman that basically can never be remembered. Um, from the 1700s to present day, and her just having to navigate what it is to be someone that you forget the second they are no longer in eyesight, and also being a woman during some pretty intense times, and, you know, finding someone that actually remembers you. It uh, like what do you do with that? It it's a phenomenal book, and I don't think I'm selling it very very well. But I I cried, cried a couple times. It's great. <laughs> and then um uh was it Bridget Kemmerer? I think I'm saying that last name right. Uh, I've read at least eight other books by this author, Bridget Kemmerer, and Defy the Night finally started. It's kind of like a take on this uh. Robin Hood folklore, all that. She did a really good uh, three-part series uh, that was a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Um, But I also like her contemporary stuff. One of my favorite books by her is um, Letters to the Lost, which is also good. I'm not sure if you've gathered this yet, but I really do like YA and new adult romances. (laughs) So that can ha- that that's good too. Another fantasy series is by uh, I think in, I think she's Irish, and L. H. Cosway. Um, it's a foretold series, but that that's a little like stinky, stinky too. Um, uh, vampires, witches, all that, and then uh, finally got to reread because I feel like I've rushed through this other book, um, by Madeline Miller. Um. Like, Circe is a revelation. Circe, like, uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, that's on par with Circe to me. But another really good book is uh, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Same author as Circe. Uh, just forgot how much I loved it, so I got to reread that. Uh, if you haven't given it a shot, please do. It's really, really good. And one way that I've been keeping up with Every book that I read within a year, Goodreads is good. I do wish it didn't kind of just hit over capacity so easily. I do think that there's some updates that could be very beneficial. But um, 
The story graph is also a really cool way to keep up with not only what you're writing, but just the genres and give you like little pie charts and you can keep track of pages you've read, the hours that you've done in reading. I don't do the hours, but really just kind of keeping track of what you're reading has been really, really cool. Let's see. Yeah, and I'm trying to think like for this, uh, February has been where I've really been hitting the ground running, really hitting re-edits. So I've just been revisiting a lot of books uh, and reading a lot of biographies right now. Like I just finished one on Robin Williams. Uh, there was one on Steve Martin that I just recently reread. Uh, there's the Amel Brooks bio that I also really enjoyed. Can you tell? I like just goofy dudes that make, make me laugh. It really is that simple. Just make me laugh. Um. But yeah, aside from reading, watching things, like um, <laughs> I did this little virtual meeting with my friend Adam, my friends Adam and Steve. Um, <laughs> it is Adam and Steve, but uh, they're just two dudes that live in California that I just don't get to see. So uh, these are some really close buds, and they're also just great guys to nerd out with. Um, Steve is someone that has been on obscure chatter as well as that anime show and just super proud of how successful he is so that he made time to hang out with me and adam is really really cool but uh adam was like damn you really liked the menu like yeah i did i i the the movie the menu uh did seem like it was getting really hyped but i saw like just a couple of clips on tiktok and went i have to see this movie now uh if you didn't like it i totally get why you didn't like it i'm i really don't think it's rarely ever the case especially now maybe i used to do this a lot more when i was younger but if you don't like a movie that i loved that's okay totally fine just don't be a dick to me for liking something that you didn't and i will return the favor um that, I mean, that was the whole initial uh, <laughs> creation of Obscure Chatter was showing a movie to somebody that I felt was really, uh, that showed you a little insight into who I was because a, a very precious loved one recommended this horror movie to me that I really loved and the person that I showed it to shit all over it throughout the entire movie knowing, uh, because I prefaced us watching it with, how important this movie was to me. And I continued to date that person for way too long after that. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of showed like a a toxic thing that I really wasn't keen on at the time. I would be now. Um, But yeah, like there are things, Stephen and I do that too still where uh, we're six and a half years apart and we've been together almost 17 years. Uh, Which is crazy to me but uh been together almost 17 years been married for almost 14 my god um time flies in a good way god damn i'm lucky but um yeah the menu was one of those movies where i really 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 wanted to see it and steven actually just was studying and everything uh he just has less free time than i do and it kept being like, hey, can do you have the energy to watch this now? And we just kind of kept putting it off before. I was just like, I really, really want to see this movie, but I don't want to see it without you. 
but if we don't see this in the next couple of weeks, I have to watch this without you. And he loved it. I loved it, too. It was so good um, to me and Stephen. If he didn't like it, that's fine. But uh, also just uh, some nostalgia bombs are really good, too. Like, uh, I, I did finally also watch uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I was hesitant on because I I'd seen some stuff like the Harold Ramis like CGI. Uh spoiler alert, whatever. Um and I mean it still bothered me, but aside from that, it was great. It was really great. It it was done with respect to the original movie. Um I like that we didn't focus too much on the other Ghostbusters? Cause, I don't know. Rewatching Ghostbusters is interesting because I'm like, wow, Vinkman is a creep. Uh, I used to think he was so cool. And now I'm like just uncomfortable with just how lecherous he can be in certain scenes. Um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 it did really, really well. And, you know, what was it? Was it Jason... Reitman, Reitman, uh, his father did the original movies. It uh, it was all done very, very cool. Uh, it made me cry a couple of times, honestly. So yeah, watch it. Also, another, not remake, but we did watch, it only took 10 years, but I finally watched the 2013 Evil Dead, and I didn't like it. And that's all I'll say about that. I'm like, I'm sure there are more movies, but another big thing is rewatching stuff. Like I've recently been rewatching Once Upon a Time, which uh, is really cool because I've connected with a few actors that were on that show, and just you know, hearing how much they love it and how important it was to them too, kind of also adds to just how cool that show is. Sometimes it's it definitely panders more to like fan fiction type of stuff, but I don't care. It's fun. Sometimes the the green screen acting, you know, and it's not the fault of the actor. It's that they're so obviously acting in a, like, what is supposed to be this giant palace room. But it's a blue screen or a green screen. Um, but that's not on them. I did initially make a note to talk about Doctor Who when I was going to do this episode in January. Because an interesting thing that was happening is... Uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I've tried to watch the classic stuff. Uh, it's not for me. My dude grew up with the classic Doctor Who stuff, so he would sometimes be like, oh, it's this, blah, 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 blah. But Chris Eccleston, I wish that he'd played the Doctor longer in the initial uh, reboot or restart of the series in 2006, but I am obsessed with David Tennant and Matt Smith. Um Matt Smith, I was worried, was going to be too young-ish to play the Doctor, but he's phenomenal. But I do remember initially watching whenever Capaldi came in, I felt like he was too angry. And so I kind of stopped watching it. It's been on HBO Max, so I've been watching it uh, again. And I will now say, I, I think Peter Capaldi's my favorite Doctor. <laughs> Which, hey, growth as a person, because there are things that his doctor specifically uh, has to deal with that it's like, whoa, like this really does, like it didn't, 
make him a, you know, the doctor, like, a love interest to this, like, human girl. When you think about the fact that, what was it, like, Tennant's doctor is, like, 900 years old. Capaldi's is over 2,000 years old. So even when these doctors are, like, 2,000, you know, like, they look like they're not 2,000 years old, it's really weird for them to, like, have love interests that are maybe 25. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, I mean, I was definitely enthralled in the Billy Piper, David Tennant, like, Rose Doctor thing, but it's a little weird that she just went, okay, cool, there's a clone of him, all right, fine. But anyways, whatever it is, but Capaldi is fantastic. I cannot and it pains me to admit this, I can't watch the Jodie Whittaker ones. I tried, and it just, I see why some uh, some of my friends, especially some of my friends with kids, are really into the Jodie Whittaker stuff. It just feels like it was written as, like, an American, like, studio's, like, take on Doctor Who. It ignored kind of everything that came before it, and I feel like all the actors suffered because of it, and the characters. I just couldn't watch it. I kept trying. I was even like looking. I'm like, what are episodes that I can absolutely skip but still not be lost? But I just I found myself. That was my morning show. Chilling. So what I'm going to do now is let it breathe uh, and wait for that uh, 60th anniversary special coming in December, which has David Tennant in it. I I think that's fine. <laughs> and uh yeah no it's just been nostalgia bombs all that but i don't know uh i really do hope that you guys are doing okay uh just talking about like the new year and excuse me talking about the new year resolutions what you want new work recording i'm still writing quite a lot which has been really really fun but i got to I got to say, I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves, taking care of yourselves, and knowing your fucking worth. There was a weird moment as a freelancer. I don't miss this part of being a freelancer. It's feeling as though you have to say yes to literally every potential gig. Um, There are things that I don't audition for on principle, and sometimes I'm hit or miss about that. But it's like, a, oh, wait, no, this character is 13. She's the main character. And she looks like that. Um, I really don't want to do that. Uh, and if you look at uh, my history, be like, oh, well, that's a little hypocritical. It's it's not. It's growth. You know, you get older and you, you start being a little more picky with your work. I think it's I think it's important. But uh, there was um, there was this client that reached out, friend of a friend. I think it's really really cool. Uh, in my time as a senior copywriter with the ad agency, I got to work with this local studio a lot, and I actually thought everybody there was just cool. It made me miss being. Uh, a techie. It made me think of like film school because for a while in film school, I thought I was going to be like a technical director at a news station, um, all this stuff. And that kind of brought it back. You know, I got to work uh, next to a teleprompter guy. I got to work with green screen. 
And it's also just a cool location that they're in in Addison. But I got recommended for uh, this other thing. And I was initially really excited. I'm like, my God, I, you know, so grateful. Uh, so grateful to uh, be thought of for all of this. But this person immediately brought up that they were worried they couldn't afford me, which is a red flag. Um, I work with people on their budgets, uh, especially as a freelancer. It's like, this is normally my rate, but let me know what you really honestly and truly need. And hopefully we can work something out um, if they're chill. This, I don't know, I asked for more information and I kept getting answers to questions I didn't ask and no answers to the questions that I did ask. And I still skirted the issue of money. But I've been doing this new thing where when we initially talk, I record it. That's something from... Working in uh, the ad agency, it, you always had to kind of be like, "No, that didn't happen," and uh, I mean, like, "Yes, it did." I'm like, "I literally have a recording of the conversation. It had, it got that bad toward the end of the ad agency stuff." So I hopped into my booth and uh, took the initial call as well as follow up calls, and I had Word transcribe it all. And any mentions that this person, this potential client had, I I Googled, which I'm glad that I Googled because uh, it was like very anti, like, or like hardcore, like Trumpian, like anti-LGBTQIA, uh, very like, <laughs> I can't believe women are so upset about, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a voice that I make. It's like, I'm an angry man. Um, feel free to steal that. It's, I'm a man. And I think I know what's best for you. Um, it's also someone that thinks, like, the clitoris is a dinosaur. I don't know. Take without what you will. <laughs> but, uh, I looked it up, and then I immediately had to kind of be, like, you know, my, my biggest confidant in the world. I, like, talked to Steven, because I was like, oh, man, you know, like, that must be, like, uh, the next kind of thing. Like, I'm just gonna be doing, like, the freelance copywriting stuff. I typically only write, like, dialogue and screenplay formatting, and uh, aside from my own manuscripts, and I also edit people's manuscripts for them, as well as, you know, their own writing. But me, I don't really have a long history as an actual copywriter. Uh, outside of, like, writing demos and, like, nitty-gritty stuff for people. I do, I just don't do that. So I was like, well, this could be uh, a new thing. And I had a couple of, like, seasoned copywriters that were willing to kind of just help me, give me some pointers on really starting out. And one of my old bosses at this ad agency gave me a lot of great recommendations for books and just to get more practice. So I'm like, oh, no, I got this. Okay, I got this. And maybe I could take a lower fee, blah, blah, blah. But then the second I find that I would basically directly be contributing to people that help put forth legislations that help people 
people of color, trans people, and actively take rights away from women. Uh, to start, that's all just for starters. I'm just thinking about what's off the top of my head. There's more. So I had to have that little chat with my husband as well as just myself where I said, I can't just take a gig to take a gig. I would rather hurt a couple of months than do this. And really what it became is it's not going to be work that I'm proud of and it's not going to be work that I'm going to put in my portfolio. So why do it? Uh, I did a very concise little uh, thanks but no thanks and I never heard back. That is something that drives me fucking crazy. It happens with conventions. It happens with potential studios. Um, I cannot stand talking about money or talking about just uh, like, hey, here's stuff that I would like and being ghosted. Just say you're not interested or, you know, thank you for letting us know that. Hope, blah, blah, blah. Like there were, uh, there have been three conventions that I've been toying with the idea of going out on. Um, one, I just said I, I can't do it at this time because the thought of being uh, at a convention is really jarring for me. I'll do like little local things, but uh, those are like much smaller and much less anxiety inducing. But there have been others where it's like, okay, we, uh, I, I, you know, if certain actors are there, I won't be there don't hear from them. Uh, I don't want to be uh, one that I said no to, which was they basically wanted me the second I woke up to the second I put my head down on the bed at the end of the day. They wanted to control literally everything. And I, uh, uh, I, I don't want to have breakfast with people. I used to do like breakfasts on Sundays. I'm like that. It's really jarring for me, and I don't think it's cool. I don't think I'm a really cool person before breakfast. <laughs> before breakfast and my coffee, uh, which I don't have coffee on an, on an empty stomach. I don't think I'm a cool person to hang out with, <laughs> especially at a convention. Uh, I'm. I don't know why uh, some cons seem to think that uh, actors and other creatives, cosplayers, that were not also just awkward human beings. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've said no to pretty much everything uh, since then. And uh, But I, I'm just not really a big fan of getting ghosted either because I remember that too. And there have been cons that I've gone to where other actors are like, uh, or, uh, you know, colleagues are like, oh, hey, you're going to this convention? Like, they ghosted me. I'm like, oh, I'll let them know that that was crappy then. And like, hey, they're like, oh, like, so, 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 you know, so-and-so wanted, like, this amount of money. Like, so just tell them that doesn't work in your budget. Don't just ghost them. Like, oh, like, yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like, dude ghosted, and it's probably for the best. But uh, no regrets. And that's something like even talking to uh, someone who used to, someone I used to manage at the ad agency is uh, they 
where uh, they quote unquote quit a week or so after I did. Uh, that's what HR told them to say. Uh, yeah, fun. But love this guy so, so much. But there's uh, a couple of like they've had trouble getting uh, another gig since then. And I'm talking about like this one job that they were up for going like, do I just say yes, even though it sounds horrible? Like, no, don't take it. It's like, I have, you know, I have some money still saved up and they would actually require me to move uh, to like the home office like in Austin. Like, uh-huh. Like, I, I don't want to do that. And I'm so anxious about this potential move. And da, da, da. I'm like, so don't take it. And like, but I need the money. Like, you just told me they would be paying you like almost 10 grand less than the ad agency did a year. You would have to move to a more expensive market and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but it's a gig. So, you know, how many other people can relate to that? Where you feel as though People think that they can take advantage of you just because everybody's struggling. It, it's not fun. It truly, honestly and truly is not uh, cool beans, uh, party town, banana USA. I don't know. I've got a lot of my weird little tchotchkes in front of me and I'm just looking. I've got like a croconana, a moose, and zombie alpaca, so... Banana USA came out somehow out of looking at all of these dudes. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, again, for it to almost be March and to think about just how far we've come. Like, I, I do, like, little notes for each show, and I did have notes ready for the January show that never happened, and I was, like, reviewing those uh, as I was making notes for February, kind of like, oh, hey, you know, maybe talk about this, and da da da, da. Uh, and going, my God, just since I wrote this down, this has happened, and uh, there are things that I'm sure, I, I'm, sure I'm forgetting. Um, through all of that, I really hope that you guys are taking time to take care of yourselves, to relax, to uh, just fucking breathe. Give yourself a break. Cut yourself a break. And, you know, hoping that you're not in relationships that are unintentionally toxic. Let go of friends that are only friends because you've been around them forever, uh, if a book is bad 60 pages in, stop reading it. If it's on digital, give it 20%. And if you're still not loving it, stop reading it. Stop wasting your uh, finite amount of time on bullshit. Unless it's a good cheesy, like, read or you like uh, some smut. Read some smut knowing it's bad. I think it's just as important to read some bad stuff, especially when you're a writer. Like, read what you hate, too. Why not? But <laughs> it's research. It's fine. Write it off. But I... Uh, and with that, like, hearing uh, hearing me right now, I'm hoping that it's coming from a good place and hitting you in all the right feels. If not, my apologies. Uh, if so, you're welcome so grateful to uh, continue to be allowed to be a part of all y'all's lives. And 
March. No idea what March has in store, but we will have a new episode in March toward the end of the month. Um, until then, I just really got to say, again, thank you. Uh, this is our first show back. Um, and our first show of 2023, which is still really hard to say. I keep seeing stuff for 2022 and being like, oh, that must have just happened. Like, it's 2023 now, bitch. Oh, right. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, for those that have continued to donate via Ko-Fi and PayPal, you guys are bananas. Thank you so much. Um, but the best way that you can, uh, you can contribute is to continue to listen to my goofy ass, and uh, try to leave a, a nice little review here and there. That doesn't hurt either, you know. That, like, allude to some, like, crazy shit. Like, five stars. Terry Doty saved my life by giving me the best recipe for chili. This chili will save the world, you know, with, with I don't know, magic beans and crocananas and surf party usa i don't know <laughs> it is official the booth madness has set in as we wrap up i just want to say um how many times have i probably said that as we wrap up wrapping up closing things out booty again thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back in march until then Read good shit, watch good shit, and just, you know, try not to be a shit. And until next time, bye.